0: Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett. Well, this episode was truly delightful. Emma Pellant-Brown is the full package, a brilliant professional athlete and simply an incredible human being. And in this episode, Emma describes her journey into the sport of triathlon from running and how she just loves to train hard, but loves to race even more. She discusses the importance of her team, specifically her husband, Jared, and coach Tim Don. We discuss sleep and recovery, training, mental strategies, and just so much more in this one. And and we finish with some fast questions at the, at the end of the show that you really don't want to miss. These it was just inspiring, fun, and very entertaining. Now, a quick little bit of housekeeping before we go on. Firstly, as always, thank you for listening. I truly appreciate it. If you're enjoying the show, again, I ask if you'd be willing to share the show on your platforms. That would be wonderful and or give me a little bit of feedback. I'm always open to suggestions, um, so please keep it coming. And if you feel up to it, maybe a review on Apple Podcasts, but you don't have to, um, but that would be wonderful as well. Um, Finally, if you want to support the show's partners, that would be truly brilliant. You can't go wrong with any of them. Athletic Brewing. My goodness, these guys are fantastic. And you'll hear me having having one of their non-alcoholic beers uh, on every episode, just simply fantastic. Uh, price, use all those products. In fact, we talk about it in this episode with the Normatec boots. Um, form Swim Goggles. I don't swim with them without anything else other than those goggles. Um, just brilliant. And of course, athletic greens uh, who've been with the show for such a long time just a great product and worth having i hope you enjoy emma as much as i did and just remember success comes to those who endure just one moment longer a quick mention of the show's partners these are all great companies and products that i use daily if you want to support the show you'd be doing me a massive favor by supporting these brands this episode is brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Anyone will tell you that I'm someone who loves to have a beer and there's always a beer in the fridge for me and all guests that pop in. But with kids, my work, and just my overall health, I, I, I can't and I don't drink often. I can't afford to not be on my game and, and I simply don't like the foggy feeling I get by drinking alcohol. So I've tried non-alcoholic beers, but I guess I'm a bit of a beer snob because none of them have measured up to a real craft beer experience that I like. But now with Athletic Brewing, I can have a high quality, just flavorful and award-winning craft beer and it's only 50 to 70 calories per can and these beers just, they fit into any occasion so I don't have to compromise on my social life or choose between having a great beer and and just keeping my clarity. So go ahead and check them out at athleticbrewing.com, that's athleticbrewing.com or you can find them at your local liquor store or bottle shop and I'll let you know, I'll be having one every single episode I record, They're, they're that good. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice. Hyperice is my go-to solution for recovery and restoration. The handheld percussion therapy devices, the Normatec boots, and the vibrating rollers all release your deepest muscle tension and just aid your recovery. I own the Hypervolt Plus. I own the Hypervolt Go, the Normatec boots, and the vibrating rollers. And both my wife, Laura, and I use them every day before and after workouts and before bed. They're all just so easy to use at home. They're, they're quiet, easy to charge, and have ready at any time. I encourage you to look after your body. Honestly, it's the only thing you get to keep for all of your life. All these Hyperice products are just simply brilliant. Get 10% off all Hyperice products using the exclusive Greg Bennett show code, GREG21, at checkout. Go to hyperize.com. That's hyperize.com. H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-E.com and use code GREG21 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by my longtime partner, an amazing company and brilliant product, Athletic Greens. I'm using Athletic Greens every day. Great taste, so quick and ready to go. Athletic Greens is a delicious blend of 75 superfoods and vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and a greens blend and more to support gut health, energy, and immunity and stress. I've also been doubling down on Athletic Greens vitamin D, a huge portion of the population are vitamin D deficient, myself included. And right now, Athletic Greens will give you a year supply of vitamin D for free and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Do yourself a favor and sign up. It makes a great gift for a family member or a friend. So sign up now and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash greg again that's athleticgreens.com forward slash greg this episode is brought to you by form in my opinion form smart swim goggles are the biggest thing to hit the swimming world with form smart swim goggles you can see all your key metrics while you're swimming distance your pace stroke rate and heart rate the swim data is displayed on the goggle lens and you can customize the display to see the key metrics that you want to see I couldn't believe it when I first tried them. They fit like normal, comfortable goggles, and the display is there, but it's not in the way. I consciously look at the lens to see my stroke rate and my pace and my heart rate and distance. If you're a pool swimmer or an open water swimmer, I encourage you to check these goggles out. Please go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. Again, that is formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off the Form Smart Swim goggles at checkout or use code Greg 2021 at checkout. All right, today I'm joined in the studio by one of the greatest prospects to hit the world of triathlon. An exceptional runner, she just missed the Great Britain Olympic team for the 1500 and 5K at both Beijing and London Olympics. And then in her short time as a professional triathlete, she's finished second at the Ironman 70.3 World Championships, won two duathlon world titles and won 17 Ironman 70.3s. She has developed her swim and bike to the point that she has no weaknesses and she continues to improve. Her momentum is building. I have zero doubt I am speaking with the next great champion of the sport of triathlon. I'm honoured that she would take time out of a busy schedule to sit and chat with me. So welcome to my studio and thanks for joining me on The Greg Bennett Show. Emma Plant Brown, how are you?
1: Wow, what an introduction. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, no, was not expecting that. Thank you so much. It's, it's great to be here in, yeah, such a lovely place and, um, yeah, for a nice chat.
0: Yeah, well, you're welcome. And it, it has been, I mean, everything I said up there, it's been, you know, I've watched you from afar for many years. Just keep on improving, like I said, in there. It's just like to the point now, when I watch you race, you're that minute behind in the swim from some of the great swimmers of the world. I mean, and your bike is sometimes even more powerful than your run. Is that how it feels to you?
1: Yeah, I think um, probably only recently um, this year have I had a little bit more confidence in um, my ability uh, in the swim and bike. I've I've always thought, yeah, I'm a runner coming into the sport and I've always seen myself as a runner doing triathlon. And I think this year, um, yeah, things are coming together well and and, um, I'm definitely more confident. I I know my swim's always got progress, uh, to happen, um, which makes it exciting. But um, with my bike, I definitely have a lot more confidence.
0: Yeah, well, you can tell that you're working at it. And we met, what was that, two weeks ago after you just won uh, Boulder 70.3 and our good friends, uh, Tio and Rennie had a big party, a post-race party for everyone who raced. Uh, We celebrated your win. And I kind of went up to you, I don't know if you remember, but I I felt like a little bit of a groupie, a little bit of a fan, I'm like, oh, hi, I'm Greg. (laughs) Do you remember, was that what, it, did I come across that way?
1: No, not at all. I was kind of, um, yeah, so Rini really had um, invited us at the the awards. Um, so I, I felt a bit geeky there in kind of still my race attire and with my sponsored t-shirt on and everything.
0: I did notice that um, actually, you had your sponsored t-shirt on it. I'm like, wow, she's really, yeah. really doing
1: it. <laughs> She's proud. Um, yeah, so no, I was, I was a little bit shy. But um, yeah, I remember watching you um, back at the, the high V um, and that massive race series that used to go on and, and being coached by Michelle and Stu, I kind of knew mm-hmm. a lot about the the history of the sport and and the people that they race and look up to. And um, yeah, so definitely definitely knew who you were.
0: <laughs> well, that was it's funny you mentioned uh, Michelle Dillon and Stuart Hayes. Obviously, I raced Stuart Hayes so many times. And and when he was on, uh, Stuart Hayes is a remarkable athlete in his own right. And we Actually, I think it was the... I'm dating myself here, but I think it was 2008, the Lifetime Fitness series, and it was between myself, Andy Potts, and Stuart Hayes to win that whole series, and uh, it was a it was a tremendous battle with him. But they're such good friends of mine for so so long, and that's why I think even when you came into the sport, I was almost introduced you to you earlier than your results. Do you know what I mean? Because you started working with Michelle and Stu. A while ago now? When was that?
1: Yeah, so pretty much immediately in in my triathlon, I kind of went through the 2012 um, trying to qualify for my second Olympics on the track. And um, yeah, my knee knee, um, wasn't having it. And I just went through a real low kind of post trials. And um, that's what got me into triathlon. So it ended up being a, a real high. But yeah, you don't see it at the time. Um, and when I was looking to start out, I kind of um, heard about this this Michelle Dillon who had done the same thing, gone from a track runner to a triathlete, mm. and um, I was like, "That's that's the lady I want to um, help me." And she she was. Um, yeah. I didn't think I reached out to her thinking, okay, she's going to be like, yeah, I'll come back in a like three or five years time. Like when you have some results and I just wanted to put my name like in her mind. Mm. Um, but no, she was like, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up for the challenge. She took me on raw. Um, and yeah, obviously with Stu being her husband, we kind of all worked very closely together. And um, yeah, they, they brought me into triathlon and um, it, was, it was a good journey.
0: Oh, good on them because they, they did very well in first bringing you on um, because it is scary coming into a new sport. Um, what was it like? I mean, I'm kind of jumping over the places here, but I want to kind of, that whole running career, was that hard to step away from? Was that your first passion and I mean, you were so close to making those Olympics. Was it tempting to try and keep going?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, I think the way that I first saw it was that the, the triathlon was going to be the break that I needed like a year out or whatever from running um, just to give me that mental stepping back of because every time I was coming back from the knee injury, I was then overtraining again and mm. I'd just go straight back in into it, breaking down. So I thought, okay, if I give it a year supplementing the swimming and biking, but with a goal, like, that will keep me committed enough to then be able to go back to running mm-hmm. um, the year after. So it was never like um, originally going to be a career move. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought my, my destiny is to be a runner. Um, and yeah, but triathlon is addictive. Like I mm-hmm. really fell in love with it. For that person that just loves to train all the time, and suddenly I was doing way more training than than I was. I I kind of um, I felt like a full time athlete. Whereas mm-hmm. as a runner, I was struggling with. I actually went to work as a physiotherapist because. I just struggled with that, that lifestyle of training once in the morning and then kicking around for the day and (laughs) (laughs) training in the evening. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I I kind of guess I fell into triathlon, but then I couldn't fall out of it. Yeah.
0: And and had you thought when you were coming into triathlon, was it Olympic still? Was that in mind? Like. Maybe triathlon was your Olympic sport?
1: Yeah, definitely. I kind of still, the the Olympics was a big thing for me. And I think coming so close mm. and being with my, my best friend and training partner, um, who's now done London, Beijing, um, mm. Rio, and, and was at the marathon in, in Tokyo. And Who was that? Uh, that? Steph 12
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah,
1: and, and we Good grew up Steph. together and, yeah. and <laughs> we're best friends. And I felt like I was kind of living the first two Olympics being that close and then not making them I kind of felt like I still lived it through her and Mm. and training with her up to that. But then I just never quite had the feeling of, of then competing there. And that was still like so hungry in my mind. And so, yeah, I went straight to ITU to, to try and get um that Olympic kind of which
0: is Which is all swim focused though. So it's a big step, right? Yes. <laughs> it's like if you can't swim in ITU, oh, it's brutal, it was, right?
1: Yeah. And and there was many a time I would run into transition and I had no problem finding my bike because it was like <laughs> the only no one there. Um, okay. but, but Michelle was super pumped. Like every single time she'd be like, hey. Hey, this is making you a strong biker, like you're a strong biker. Yeah, so yeah, um, that's true. yeah, it was character building.
0: But also the British team in Triathlon when you I mean now we look at Georgia Taylor Brown and Jessica Learmouth and and Sophie Coluldra. I mean, the names of the women, the British Olympic women's team, and the men to uh, to some degree, it's, probably, it's the hardest team in the world to make. Yeah. I, I would say maybe the US women are probably there with them, but the British, I mean, that's a hard team to make anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and the girls in there, so also Beth Potter, non-Stamford. Oh yes, of
0: course, I'm missing a yeah. lot of names. Vicky Holland. Yeah. we could go on and <laughs> we on. We really on. could, yeah.
1: And um, those two I ran with when we, like me and uh, Non were in the GB Junior cross country teams together. And so I had a feel off her kind of what it would, and she'd be like, yeah, yeah, you can improve your swimming. Um, but I was never quite the swimming standard. Those girls kind of still swam pretty competitively when they were younger. And mm-hmm. Mm. Um, So it's amazing to see what they're doing now. So it's not impossible to go uh, the full way in the ITU, but yeah, that British team is strong. Mm.
0: And, And I just want one more thing on this while we're here. How close were you when you say I was close to 08 and 12? I mean, what are we talking, were you?
1: Yeah, so i say uh, Beijing was probably the closest. I kind of, um, I got that 1500 meter qualifying time and um, in Great Britain they have where the trials, the they take the top two in the trials, if they have the time, the, mm. the top two in the seniors. Um, but the senior trials clashed with the junior world champs um, and Great Britain decided to take me and Steph to the junior world champs instead. Um, And said, battle it out. And if one of you gets a medal, you can get the third spot um, for the Olympics. So uh, we battled it out. um, And it was a tough week because we were best friends. We decided not to room together. Um, And she ended up winning. I came third. So they got two medals. But, yeah, obviously, um, Steph took that third space. But I was so, like it was a win-win situation. Like if you couldn't go your best friend to go, it would kind of, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) I know that's, I mean, you have a great perspective of it and I think that's lovely, but, but ouch, right? I mean, that's really, and, and it's like, it would have been nice just to have you all battle it out at the actual senior trials, right, I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it's hard, that thing of, yeah, you look at a, a junior world medal and like it's awesome, it's great, but it, it is that next level of, st- and and it's that tough thing, I think that's why they have the under 23 age category now because it's that tough thing of when does a junior race the seniors? Like, do you want them to follow that progression? Are you gonna get people leaping in like too early to the seniors and blow up their career? Like, mm-hmm. is, it, is it longevity? Or is it an opportunity that they won't get again? It's it's a it's a tough one.
0: Yeah, and then so then that was really close, and then London hometown Olympics. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think it's that thing of after Beijing, I was so fired up, and that that's probably what led to my knee injury. I just I did I overtrained. Out. We've, up all,
0: my done hands. We've yeah. all done it. We've all done it. I know. I know the feeling.
1: Um, and unfortunately, it happened again in in uh, the yeah in triathlon. I, I've done the same thing. I kind of in 2017 when I came second at the worlds. I was then so pumped up because I was second in the world, but Daniela put like seven minutes into me um, to be that far ahead. And, and the same thing, I was like, what's she doing that? I'm not, um, is it Ironman? Like, do I need to double my training? Um, And it's those, I think it's those near misses that sometimes if you haven't got the right control, they just fire you up that little bit too much. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd say 2012, the writing was on the wall. I was kind of all the time leading into there. I was on off. Like I, I won the, um, European cross country off cross training like I hardly ran just wow. off the rower and off <laughs> cycling wow. and, um, so yeah I think I was I was definitely at the end of like what my body could hold up to by then
0: I I truly think you're one of the most pure bred athletes we've had come into the sport I mean your resume pre triathlon is really quite extraordinary I'm, I'm I'm racking my brain to think who else has come across with that kind of performances on the European and world stage, it's really phenomenal. I mean, and and then now watching you, it seems to me every year, just this 10% improvement, you know, and maybe that's after 2017 and having a few hiccups, you're now getting more patient and more, just, okay, don't go for too much, just a little bit more each year. Is that the way it feels to you?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, and I also feel so, yeah, I could write down that there've been so many changes that w- we made in that kind of, it probably came about with the COVID year, um, yeah. just really taking a step back and having to think about, okay, how was I gonna change strategy? And, and there are so many things, but um, yeah, the the first thing, deciding not to do an Ironman this year, I think has has really helped that yeah. because um, 2018, 2019, I was trying to do everything Mm. Um, and a lot of people out there can like you look at Daniela she can smash both Mm. and um, yeah just for me I think I just needed that focus Um, and yeah there have been a lot of changes yeah so tell us let's move
0: on to that Um, actually let's crack open a beer well you have an athletic brewing what have I got I've got the free wave hazy IPA this is one of my favorites, actually. What have you got?
1: Okay, you, <laughs> I need to help with my Spanish. I, I should know this. We trained a lot in Spain. Laura
0: just told me you say uh, cerveza.
1: Cerveza. <laughs> I have a cerveza.
0: So yes. let's try these. Um, Very nice. Yeah. I want to shift nice gear cold. and talk about your team in 2019 and um, getting married, right? Uh, uh, no, 2020, sorry. Or 2021 to Jared, who's sitting over here filming us. Hi, Jared. Um, and then changing coaches, what other sort of changes have you made?
1: Yeah. So, um, kind of, yeah, there've been so many changes. I, I, in the covid year um yeah we got engaged just before lockdown and then um oh. yeah we were locked down for <laughs> that, that lovely honeymoon period um and it was that realization of i'd made a big decision um to be based out of south africa mainly and and it kind of never felt like a big decision because we were traveling so much anyway mm. um but then to be locked down there um it was it was tough because um Stu and michelle had been like parents to me and and but they're very um, they were very hands-on coaches, and to then go yeah, not, away from not them, have that, yeah, yeah, not be
0: near them.. yeah. And,
1: and it was a really tough decision, but I think we both knew that, like it was uh, I had to give South Africa my best shot, and, and also it's not really safe to do your own sessions all the time there, um, mm. and it needed to tie into some group things. So I thought with the COVID yeah, and not having many races, we just freestyle it. Um, and, uh, I kind of, Jared had some input and I had a lot of input and, um, yeah, I was, I was smashing some pretty, cause we couldn't go outside. So me and the treadmill <laughs> got some good, good time together.
0: You were saying right before the show, you guys went through a few treadmills during, <laughs> during lockdown. We did, lockdown. we
1: did, which is probably better than going through a few, uh, um, yeah, engagements. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> same thing. But, um. Yeah,
0: it was a good test to know, can we, can, if we can make it in lockdown, maybe. Maybe we can really make this work. <laughs>
1: exactly. I think it's got a future. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of that I, I didn't, we didn't know when the next race would be. So I actually trained for the Zwift um, e-racing. So mm-hmm. I was training mainly on a road bike um, and yeah, just training for pure power. It was the only races that were really on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did when we were allowed outside, we did a 28K run time trial around and just doing things for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I think mentally it was one of those things going from, I, I question myself a little bit because going from being a physiotherapist, I thought if, if I was still a physiotherapist, then I would be working in the hospital, like I'd be needed. Mm. Whereas to have no races suddenly anymore, I thought like, mm. do people need triathlon? Like, are you needed? Th- like, is what I do, is it just a source of entertainment or like how vital are we to the world? Like just deep stuff that, yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking. speaking
0: with my wife, Laura, right now. because yeah. <laughs> It took her a long time to adapt to the idea that being a professional athlete was a career. Yeah, like for for her, it was a it was a it was a long time to kind of go. Whereas I kind of grew up. I don't know, as an Australian thing, we were never asked. You know, oh, you're a professional athlete. How do you make money at it? Whereas I get that all the time in the US. It was yeah. always. Whereas in Australia, it was like, oh, you're a professional triathlete. Awesome. You know, do you do the the Grand Prix series? Or you, you know, people were into it. Yeah. And so it was always this. You always felt comfortable saying it, but. I get where you're coming from because Laura was much the same. Yeah.
1: And and then, so we kind of, like I talked about this with Jared and, and he has a triathlon team and was like, let's maximize this time. Like, let's do online strength sessions. Let's get the community involved. Let's put up like fun stuff and inspirational. If if we're a source of motivation yeah. and, and inspiration to people, then let's do that. Let's get them like working out in their homes and um just get through this lockdown together because it's temporary. And yeah, it kind of gave us that good focus of... I I started really nailing my strength work, which I'd say number one change. I kind of took it really seriously. Um, And um, it was then the, there was a race in Daytona Mm -hmm. um, in December Mm -hmm. and-
0: The PTO championship. Yes, the PTO.
1: That's when we kind of thought, okay, things are opening back up. And um, Jared was talking to Tim there. He used to be coached by Tim Don. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, we had a conversation and um, I just said to Jared, I think like I'm ready for a coach. Like uh, next year I want us to do this properly. and, And I've learned, like I feel different in myself from the lockdown of not going from race to race. Cause I raced a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I used to do. A yeah,
0: you're a race. racer. I looked at your resume before this show and <laughs> you love to race. I mean, yeah. I love that too, but it's like, wow, you know you've been in the short a sport lot. a short time, but yeah. <laughs> there's plenty there. Definitely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, ever starting so we we started with Tim in January and yeah he has done so much so much good I think we're very much of I think me and Michelle were very similar Mm -hmm. and me and Tim are very like he's my balance Mm -hmm. he's the 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 opposite and and um yeah just thinks everything so carefully and um we've gone to numbers and um yeah I think I feel like I I know how to push myself and and he's focusing on my weaknesses of how to control myself how Mm -hmm. to recover how to, mm. yeah, focus on the boring bits—the stretching, the strength. You know, <laughs> that, that's why I always say I always used to say training hard is the easy part. Mm.
0: You know, yeah. it's like we call it hard, but it's actually that's the fun part. Yeah, it's coming home and doing all the rollers and doing all the bits and pieces. That's what wore me out. Yeah, by the time I was like, I don't want to have to do all this just to go do my run. I yeah. I got tired of it. But that's like you said, to have somebody that's going to help you through that is perfect. And Tim yeah. Don, honestly, he, he's been on this show probably one of my closest mates in the sport, one of the guys that just, one of the best people you could ever have in your corner. I just, yeah. I just think he's a great guy. So I think that's a tremendous team between Jared and now Tim this team is building? Do you feel like it's building? You're you're getting stronger?
1: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I think, um, also starting out with specialized Mm -hmm. and again, they've highlighted one of my weaknesses. They were like, we need you in the wind tunnel. We need to get your aerodynamics, right? Um, it's great that you can push this power on the bike, like well done for the e-racing, but you need that outside. Um, (laughs) (laughs) which is, yeah, the reality of, of racing and, um, and then again, Tim taking that information and, Everyone working well together. So, him taking that information, being okay, that's a great position. And now we train you into that. You mm-hmm. can't go and smash your best watts mm. in that position straight away. No. It's not going to happen. It takes time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That's great. You've got a company like specialized in your corner that's willing to help you, not just give you a bike and say, see you later. They yeah. actually want to see you ride that bike faster, yeah. you know, which is only yeah. <laughs> going to help all of you. I want to shift gear a little bit and let's start by this year. I mean, this year has been quite phenomenal. Then again, when I look at all your past years, it's very rare that you're off podiums. You're either winning or second or third, you know, you're always there or thereabouts. It's quite incredible actually. But this year, I mean, it starts, I know you did a race earlier, but Florida 70.3, you won by basically five minutes. Um, And the damage was across the board, the swim, the bike, and the run. Was that kind of like, oh, wow, I mean, did that feel special, that one? Was that a nice start to this year where you were kind of, ooh?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think because, again, Tim's training had been so different. Like, I to begin with, I was questioning him. I was like, um, so even if I had a sniffle, like, he'd be like, okay, confident. Like, we're not going to smash it to begin with. We get you over this. Um, and I was worried I hadn't done enough work because the volume was a lot less than what I was used to. But then having said that, I'd done some sessions which I'd never gone to that kind of that, that deep, dark place that I, because I was fresher going into the session. Mm,
0: you could do more uh, yeah, damage in it.
1: Yeah. In <laughs> um, and so I was just because it was all new. Um, I was like, you Tim's like, trust me, trust me. And then we were looking at races because we definitely wanted to do St. George um, before the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, well, there's, you might as well go out for more than one race. Um, there's one in Florida. And he's like, but then the humidity. So I, fainted at cone. I don't have a good track record with, with the humidity. And, um, that was a bit concerning. So yeah, to be able to come away with that race. Um, and again, Tim gave me a really clear strategy. He's like, if you're feeling faint, fe- if you feel funny at all on the run, you slow down and you walk the aid stations. Mm. And I was like, no way. It's like, I'm not going to walk in a race. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. And then I started, yeah, I was blowing a little bit after kind of five games of the run. I was like, shoo, what? And
0: that's heck? a tough What's run it? in Florida. That Those hills, yeah, it's are. not, it's not, flat,
1: Florida, that's a tough little run. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not <laughs> flat. Um, yeah. And um, then I had his voice in my head and I was like, okay, I just walked this aid station and, yeah, I it, it works. I- <laughs> you know what?
0: I wish I'd had Tim in my... Because in Florida, the one time I did it, I had a seven-minute lead off the bike. I smashed him. Oh, I was angry. <laughs> so rather than going, okay, now pace this run, I'm like, oh, I'm going to win this by a mile. You know, my ego kicked in. I should have checked it a long time ago. And I, like you, passed out with about a K to go. And I actually did get home, but I had to sit down on a curb. And I ended up finishing second. But my point is, is that humidity... And when you're not used to it or you do go too hard, too deep, it can take you out, can't it? And you suddenly go, hang on, I thought, okay, 2K ago, and now I'm in a dark place.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that was the warning that Tim gave me. is like, when you go past that, there's no way back. So no. rather, yeah. don't even get near that point. Yeah,
0: don't even look over the edge. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's
0: not worth it. A quick mini break to remind you of the show's incredible partners, You can get 10% off all Hyperice products using the exclusive Greg Bennett Show discount code GREG21 at checkout. Go to hyperice.com and use code GREG21. A quick reminder to do yourself a favor and sign up to Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens also makes a great gift for any family member or friend. So sign up now and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash greg again that's athleticgreens.com forward slash greg if you want to see all your key metrics like pace distance stroke rate and heart rate while you swim you need the form smart swim goggles go to formswim.com forward slash greg that's formswim.com forward slash greg and get 15 off or you can use code greg 2021 at checkout if you enjoy a beer but want to keep your clarity stay in your game then you have to try Athletic Brewing. I was just simply blown away by how good they taste. Just a true craft beer. Go check them out at athleticbrewing.com. That's athleticbrewing.com. But then you, so you had a great race there, and then you must have felt reasonably confident going to St. George, or you still felt like you are on the way up? I mean, what was that...
1: Yeah. Like. Um and then it was the the recovery after. Um and the same thing. Like normally I would come across the line and be like, yeah, let's let's celebrate, let's have a good time, let's do whatever. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, like this is taking a little bit out of me and Tim straight up like, okay, 20 minute window, you got your protein, you your drink like straight away think about the next race. Mm-hmm. Um and this made me, yeah, feel quite professional. Jad was flying out for St George, so um met him um, over there. And I think again, having that time before the, like I love to know a course. Um, And so having that was probably, yeah, almost two weeks before the race that we were out there, um, which Yeah, just really got like comfortable with the course. It's a
0: beautiful part of the world, isn't it, St. George, Utah? Oh, (laughs) and they really put on a great race. I really, it's a wonderful part. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and great for training. It was so easy to train. We just signed up to a gym. We had the outdoor pool, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, we're doing all the riding on the course. So it was it was perfect.
0: Yeah, and so then St. George itself, Daniela Riff, who is now coaching herself by now, you know, and it it was, I think all of us were kind of like, you know, is she gonna perform? What's it gonna be like Um, drops a hell of a bike split. Unbelievable, (laughs) (laughs) blew me away. But you still had, you had a strong race. You came in third, was it Holly Lawrence who was in? No, uh, Jeannie, that's right. Jeannie got seconded in St. George. How'd you feel about that race in itself?
1: Yeah. I think, I think there was a real mix of emotions. I kind of, I had a really solid swim. I was in a group mm. and, um, got onto the bike and I felt like, again, it, it was a race strategy that Tim, cause normally I hang back a bit. Like I watch the other girls and I think, okay, I, like I'm confident in my run. Like I would never normally take on the bike whereas he's like, okay, here's your what's like stick to these watts and like just stick to aero and do your own thing mm. um and yeah so I went out of transition and it, I felt like no one was coming with me and um I just got on with it and and started passing people and to have yeah I came in on the bike second um and had a little bit of time on some of the other girls the run, and, and I felt good. Then on the run, I had like a bit of a stomach issues, which has is been embarrassing, stopped in the porta potty and um, Ginny ran past and I thought, okay, like just relax, stay calm. Um, not everything goes to plan. And um, yeah, I managed to, I didn't catch her back up, but I, I feel like I still had kind of a, a, strong, a strong finish to a run that like I didn't have a good start yeah. on. Um, so I kind of mentally, I think, yeah, I, w- I was happy with, with how I approached it. Um, and just great to see the course for the world. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I kind of, I'd like to do that run a little bit faster next time. <laughs>
0: well, well, I think there's two questions there, isn't there? I mean, well, let's start on the first part one. Have you had stomach issues before and, and, and have you got that on top of that? Do you know what that is?
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things of like uh, sometimes um, so it's happened a couple of times and every time I think it's when I've swallowed water in, or mm. in, in the swim or yeah, I can't put myself like because 48 because I know that I'm susceptible to it kind of 48 hours before the race, um, I'll, I'll go off fiber. So I go totally mm-hmm. like everything as plain as possible. Yeah. Um just stick to bread, white rice. Yeah, get rid of salads. Um, yep. Yeah. Get rid of greens. <laughs> I know I know all of that. Yeah. It yeah. <laughs> yeah. feels super unhealthy, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um and um yeah, so I feel like I did all of that. Um and sometimes as well with the heat. Um, did I drink enough? Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of, the only thing I can think of is is maybe just I swallowed a bit too much water in, in the swim. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have the prettiest of swim styles. I stick my head up a lot and I have my mouth open a lot. I, don't, I don't know. Like. I don't know your swim
0: is not, <laughs> I mean, for somebody who came into the sport pretty late, I actually thought your swim straight looked pretty good. Oh, okay. I've watched some of your videos and today <laughs> you get reasonable rotation and you, yeah, the, okay. I've seen plenty worse. Um, so I good don't think know. that's too bad. <laughs> I see you're wearing a Super Sapiens uh, glucose monitor on your arm, is that? since then have you sort of been working with those guys or you know figuring yeah. Out? yeah
1: yeah so just really recently we kind of um again i think knowledge is power like mm-hmm. if if you can um i've been sleeping with a tracker um i've been yeah starting to look at my glucose and i think the more knowledge you know about how your body's responding to things like it just takes all that experimenting and guesswork um out mm-hmm. a little bit more like now i'm working with numbers and i can see what numbers can do mm-hmm. then yeah the more i feel like i've got the thirst for knowledge of, of how my body, what's it's doing on the, the inside. And- how is that for somebody that loves to race and loves
0: to train hard and all of a sudden you've got to go, hang on, I've got to step back and look at numbers and science. It's kind of a change in almost personality to some degree to go, hang on, whoa, This is how you be professional. Has that been an adjustment?
1: Yeah, massively. And (laughs) if you told me, I'm that person that two years ago, um, I used to laugh when people would talk about FTP this, FTP that, I'd be like, guys, come on, it's a 20 minute test, just push yourself, like, don't worry about numbers, don't worry about pacing, like, you push until it hurts, and then when you get to that point that you're numb, you just... Going. Like <laughs> it's not That's so science. true. That was, that
0: was me too. But I almost think since doing this podcast, I've learned so much with bringing on all the expert physiologists and sports scientists and coaches that now I'm like, wow, I could have done things a lot better and more efficiently had I had all that data.
1: Yeah. 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 You think like what could I've done And and almost now I see myself as just, I had a, dis not not a disadvantage, but I was a step behind mm. all these, like these people are professional because t- they're ticking the boxes that I wasn't doing and that I need to do this kind of stuff if I want to be competitive with them. So yeah, I've got a lot more respect now.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think even for me, it was especially the Norwegians with, you know, what they're doing and they're testing and they, they have a sports scientist with them all the time. Um, and you kind of leave going, huh, you know, it does matter it does matter so anyway on that the second part of that st george 70.3 is five minutes where do we find it for world championships with danielle riff
1: sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) when you say five minutes it's 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 not (laughs) that
0: much it's not we can find it i want to hear you describe how you're going to find it
1: i think i think um the swim, the swim, I always believe if I... At Chattanooga, on that second... And, and I never want to rely on this, but when I was second at the Worlds, I did have an exceptional swim. And I, I've i learned that I don't need to... Do, I can't depend on that, but it does give you that leverage to have a good bike. Mm-hmm. And I think it's keeping cool if, if I don't have that swim, that if, if I've got that time to chase. It's having the bike where I'm really working those hills, working working on staying aero on the downhills. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think that's the other thing I'm I'm that feeling of when you're going against a headwind or you're you're feeling like it's harder, it's easier to um really tuck, tuck in, tuck in yeah, make, yeah, and make the aero. But, with, aero yeah. but sometimes you forget actually you get even more aero benefits the faster you're going. Mm-hmm. So on those downs and stuff, just really keeping it tight. Um, but then, yeah, I'd like to think I have a, a couple of minutes on the run if if I can get everything right, if I can get nutrition right and, yeah, finish at home with a, a strong run. Um, yeah, I think... I think it's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be such a big field as well. It'll be very different.
0: What what, what kind of super bouncy shoes are you in for the run? Because they seem to matter these days.
1: Yes, <laughs> they definitely do. I'm in the Hawker, uh, the the Carbon Rockets. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah, they feel pretty. Yeah. I mean, I've been looking at some of your splits more recently. Um, if we look at your your last, well, you got second at Des Moines um, to Holy Lawrence. That was pretty close. But then you've gone on one Rev 3, Williamsburg, Boulder 70.3, which was unbelievable, and then this past weekend, Escape from Alcatraz, your run was the same split as the third-place male, 47.07 or whatever it was. I mean, to overcome a deficit of – it's almost like Holly Lawrence, yourself, there's Jeannie Metzler, Sky Sky Munch, there's a group of you that are just – Really making the women's racing really exciting. I really enjoy it. I mean, is that how it feels to you? Is it kind of like, ah, oh, one weekend it's me, one weekend it's them?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's kind of, it is that exciting. Um, I think it, there have been so many battles. Like you said, like Ginny beat me at St George, then I got Bolden. It's it's that close racing of. girls that you get to know as well and you know their strengths and and their weaknesses and i think what makes it exciting racing someone it's different racing as well because someone like holly um i feel like we don't see each other in the race we're that opposite Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she's a phenomenal swimmer and i leave it all on the run so yeah the only time if we see each other will be if i've caught up at the end and um I think she enjoys from yeah what I heard in Des Moines when she came across the line. I think she enjoys being chased as well. I think she enjoys <laughs> that excitement of yeah someone's coming for you and you got to grit and and push it on.
0: But I think I think when I mention those names with with Holly and Jeannie and and I know I'm missing a bunch, but that's how you find the five minutes too, right? There's that race behind that you guys are elevating each other to to another new level, which is where you need to go, you know, to win the world title. You, you think the same? It's like you're all pushing each other to find that extra little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and I think you can see that in the races as well where um, looking at the points for Collins Cup and mm-hmm. if you look at the races where people have got the highest points, it's on that really close race, mm-hmm. that tight where, yeah, you've got to fight for every second for the line and it's that deep, dark reach within yourself that <laughs> – you can't do it unless someone's like breathing down your neck and, and I think that's the kind of racing that, yeah, we all want and, and that's making the sport so exciting.
0: I, I, I couldn't agree more. And um, Escape from Alcatraz, to put that on your resume, that was a big one. Um, did you think, I mean, th- I think Holly Lawrence started with about, was it three and a half minutes is that for, does that sound about right? I, I had a quick look at the results before we started, but I think it was around that three minutes off the bike.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was. Yeah, someone shouted two and a half. I'm not sure on the exact splits, but I, I heard two and a half when I was leaving transition. Well, they
0: were lying because I uh, think it was more like three.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, yeah. They were being nice. <laughs> Maybe it was Jared. Um, and um, yeah, I kind of. I. So when I was. It was always a race that I really wanted to do. And then the more I looked at the course, I was like, Jared, this, this swim looks crazy hard. Like, I'm not sure this it's is- It's a swim
0: bikers race for a lot of the time. Even though the bike's short, it's amazing how many people that if they nail that swim bike-
1: Can, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So can it's, get so, away. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. For yeah. you to win that race, I think is really one for the resume.
1: And I think as well, a lot helped with, um so I talked to Marinda um, before, but she said it's a race that she loved and she'd done. And she was like, just don't panic. Like, remember how tough the run is and it could be a big time gap. But it's also a, a long run in terms of time, just because the run is so hard. Mm. Um, so if you're willing to dig deep, then then you've got a chance. And I did actually, as I was leaving transition, I had that in my mind of, yeah, just run as fast as you can, and you never know like what you can make up.
0: Yeah, well, congrats, and and like I went through, I, I went through those last few races pretty quick. I didn't mean to speed through it because there were just some phenomenal performances. Um, Boulder seventy point three. I, I want to just quickly touch on that one again. You actually had the fastest bike split there.
1: Yeah. I I, uh, I mean,
0: we're talking Taylor Neib. I know she wasn't fully dialed in for time trialing and and no discredit to Taylor because phenomenal athlete and incredible biker. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like that was a bit of a tactical um, kind of race. And again, like I feel like every race has been so different this year from like Florida out on my front, uh, on my own in, uh, at the front. And then this race was a real... I knew that Ginny would be roughly where the race was at and I knew she knows the course and she trains with Taylor. So I thought if I can get up to Ginny and if she's really then pushing hard and we're going to work together, then that means she's worried about Taylor and like to kind of take her lead on on the bike a little bit. um, And also knowing how strong a runner she was, I kind of didn't want to blow my legs too much on the bike and and that was in the back of my head of st george i'd biked really hard and she'd ran past me and i thought okay if this is going to be a running race then don't over bike be sensible on it um and yeah i started off way faster on the bike than I, i finished um and Coming into transition with her, um, I knew that it would be, we'd have a good chance as well if we were working together on the run to, to close it a little bit quicker to Taylor. Mm. Um, but I didn't know what, yeah, I was amazed by Taylor's bike.
0: Mm. <laughs> she's, she's such a capable athlete. I think we're going to uh, be seeing Taylor nib over this next 10 years just keep getting better and better. I mean, she yeah. is the real deal, yeah. <laughs> 100%. And um, I mean, you rode a 211.58, I mean... That's really good. I'm happy with that. <laughs> and then and then still backed it up with a 117 run. My goodness, these numbers are just getting I'm glad I'm retired. I'd be getting <laughs> I'd be getting chicked every weekend. Anyway, and there'd be nothing wrong with that because they're very good. <laughs> um let's move on. This this show is gonna be, well, this episode is gonna be um the Monday after Collins Cup. We're recording the Friday, what, seven, eight days out. Eight days out. So you must leave soon.
1: Yeah, Monday. Okay,
0: you leave Monday. I I, I hope I'm leaving Tuesday. My passport, I just found out, was expired. Deep (laughs) breath. Deep breath. (laughs) Stay calm. Tim says don't panic. um, So what are you thinking? What are your predictions for this Collins Cup? I mean, you've been put on the team. The European women are just unbelievable, unbelievable team. It really is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, yeah, the girl, like, for example, Holly, that I've had this nice battle with so far and now suddenly she's a teammate. Um, it's a cool dynamic to kind of go into. Um, I think it's so exciting, like the first of its kind and as well, you're, I think there'll be a race within a race. I, I think you don't necessarily want, a weaker. week a bit. Like, I think it will be in an athlete's best interest to have um to get selected with another athlete that is close to them racing so mm-hmm. you can both push each other to fast times i think times might have some bonus points mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, it's keeping fingers crossed for that that Thursday draw um, and that the the draws will be exciting and, and get some fast racing going.
0: I, sh- I should explain to listeners that don't know. So the Collins Cup is, like you said, it's a new format, a new format of racing. And basically we have Team Europe, Team USA and, and Team Internationals all competing against each other in teams. There's six men and six women on each team. But what we do is we have match racing a bit like the Ryder Cup in golf where we match one woman from each region of the world or Europe, USA and and internationals and one man and they basically get 12 races of three. Um, So it's going to be extraordinary but the way the points are done is if you win, you get a couple. I can't remember the points actual breakdown, but then there's also points for time break. So, if you beat somebody by two minutes, you get half a point more. By four minutes, a full point, and and um, by six minutes, one and a half points. And this is where the each team has captains, you know, past elite athletes, world champions, and that kind of thing, that have to sit down and decide who's going to race who. And each buddy, every every team gets to select first once and then everybody else sort of follows on and when i had sam long on the show last week he was like oh i want yarn Fredino, you know and i was like okay okay i get it i get it he wants he wants to hit at the goat before he retires and it's yeah. that kind of thing just give me a chance give me a chance and i love that enthusiasm but i said to him look as a, a, if i was your team captain if yarn's the greatest i'm probably putting my weakest up against him if he's a guy that's definitely i'm sure i don't want to lose the extra time points i still want somebody that could get close to him yeah. but i said sam you're probably i mean the the U.S. men have a lot of really strong men, but I'd want you to try and beat up on one of the European men that might be more of an Ironman athlete or something, not so specific to the 70.3. Yeah. On all of that, okay, there's my long-winded explanation. and I hope that made any sense. But on that, is there anybody that you'd love to race against or in particular, have you thought about that or is it just kind of whoever I get, I get?
1: Um. Yeah, I think. Um,
0: Remember, that we're recording this. Will be this will be aired the Monday after. So <laughs> yeah,
1: that's fine. I can say all my tactics. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Justin Metzler actually tagged me in a post the other day that said, "I want to see Ginny go on a head to head with uh, Jackie Herring and Emma. Um, let's have an exciting run race." And I was like, "Yeah, I think that would be exciting." Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. We'd maybe all come together on the bike, and then it could be, could be cool.
0: I I, I just I'm looking at some of these names here. I mean, the, the, the European women, Daniela Riff, Annie Hug, Lucy Charles-Barkley, Holly Lawrence, Katrina Matthews, Emma Plant-Brown. There's no weakness in that. I actually think I'm going to put it out there and it puts a Monday after the race. Let's see if I get the prediction right. I think the winning factor in these teams is that European women's squad. Not to discredit the international women and the US women, I just think that team of six uh, I don't think, I think the men are good in the European men, definitely good. We've got a lot of world-type champions there, but that, women, you think the same? Yeah. It's up so to you girls. <laughs> <It was> girls, <laughs> I should say women, I don't want to get in trouble, but you, are, you women have to, to if you up. show your form... Yeah, it looks pretty and good.
1: it's taken me all season to even get into the team. So <laughs> <laughs> I fought hard for that. Yeah, yeah. that is those girls, uh, yeah, didn't let up an inch. And, and it's it's almost like, again, it's that funny dynamic of these are girls you're fighting for for a place in the team. Yeah. But then when you're in there, you're, you're a team. You're and now you're together. number
0: seven in the world. Did you realize that? Yeah. You're number seven on the PTO world rankings? That's
1: definitely moved up. Isn't that <laughs> extraordinary? I was,
0: yeah. I mean, but to make the team, that's what you had to do.
1: Yeah yeah I, I mean that's
0: unreal. Uh, I just I'm really looking forward to it. I'm praying my passport comes through and I can see you over there and be announcing, but it, it will. I've, I've lined up an appointment everywhere. Don't panic. Okay, <laughs> but let's um we, we've talked a lot about this year, um, and that was fantastic. but let's rewind the clock a little bit. Um, we did talk about you getting to running, but I want to even go a step further. When did you sort of find your passion for just endurance sports? Was that something you grew up with in your family? Or?
1: Yeah, I think um, it was one of those things like we have a super supportive mum. She's she's actually a doctor um, and just a real like mum's mum. She was, she was a family of four girls and her mum was like an awesome mum and she always wanted to be a mum. And it doesn't matter how busy her day was, she'd still then take my brother to ballet, my sister to a cello lesson and then me to running. And she just... Yeah, she made it kind of so accessible for me to do whatever I want. And and I think people are a bit like, okay, why's why's the boy doing ballet and the girl doing running and <laughs> playing football? And she's like, it's what they want to do. Of course. And she's just that... That mum that was super supportive of of whatever we wanted to do and um, I wasn't the most attentive at school and she found that if she took me to a sports club before and after school, then I was a lot better behaved
0: at school. No, um, that resonates with a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, win-win.
1: Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think she always believed that, that um, yeah, as long as I was happy, then then that was great. And, and I just loved to move. I loved to play everything and anything and um, it was kind of – yeah, the running that I just had a really good running coach that said you could, you could be good, but you've got to give up all these other sports. You can't be doing like 10 things a week and, and mm-hmm. wanting to go and race and, and beat girls that, um, yeah, focusing on running and like, it, it hadn't really crossed my mind. And I was like, oh, but I enjoy everything. And it was only, and I was only probably about 12 years old, but, um, yeah, he, he was, he was like, y- he just had belief in me and, wow. um, yeah, I kind of went straight, just gave everything at that qu- quite an early on.
0: Were you competitive with with your siblings or were they non-competitive? <laughs> you were competitive, but were they competitive on the yes. other end?
1: <laughs> so my mum always says that the first time that I raced cross-country, uh, and my sister, like she, she would just join in, like she was for the social. If her friends were doing it, she'd do it. But the first time that we actually had to race together and I beat her, then she said, actually, mum, I don't want to do this. <laughs>
0: probably <laughs> so a good me, choice yeah. at that point if you're competitive with your sibling and she goes uh, on to be <laughs> yeah such a champion athlete and your brother did he make it far in, in ballet does he
1: yeah, yeah yeah so he is that's now his career um, on, wow. yeah he's a professional ballet dancer um for who and Where's he? Uh, so he's ba- he trained in paris and now he's based with a company in berlin so yeah
0: wow. that's extraordinary you got and your sister with the cello—is she playing that?
1: Um, yeah, she's kind of uh, she's a mum now, and she she just she still does everything that she used to do. She can still swims. She still keeps active. Goes like gets her son into the park, run and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah.
0: But it's amazing. I mean, you think about the you've you were struggling with the idea last year in COVID of being a performer to some degree we're performers and it's like your brother's also a performer on stage and, and that kind of thing. And you've, to have two of the three of you out basically on stage yeah. <laughs> performing is, is quite extraordinary. You, you both don't mind the attention, huh?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> clearly not, <laughs> clearly not. And so um, when did you sort of realise in, in the running side of things that you, this could be something that I'm reasonably good at. Was it 12 years of age? Did it start to happen pretty quickly?
1: Yeah, I think I think just that kind of obsessive, addictive nature of if I was doing something, I, I wanted to do it properly. And and if this was the only thing I was doing, like I would take myself off for morning runs and yeah, run with my dad and the dog and we'd always have a sprint finish at the end. And he definitely, I got my competitive side from him. He, yeah. would, he wouldn't let up an inch. He <laughs> taught me how to lose. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, what a great daddy. I
0: always think about that now that I'm a dad. I'm like, how much am I meant to allow them to win versus, you know?
1: like (laughs) Yeah, well, in his book, not at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's great. And um, I think it's, yeah, it was just, just something that because I was spending so much time at the running club, then it was my best friends that became also our social life and me and Steph and like we train with the boys and we just had such a fantastic group of youngsters Mm. that I don't know, it made it easier through... I don't think any of us dropped out at that kind of... That age where you see so many clubs... About
0: 15, 13, yeah. 13 to 16 is such yeah. a dropout rate for yeah. everybody. Yeah, and you yeah. See,
1: see so many running clubs that are putting in four teams at that age and then suddenly have just one team kind of in the relay type thing. Um And we, just, we were just like a really strong, fun group.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. But you went on, you said you... You went on to study then, you still went to university. Was that always on the cards or was it kind of like, oh, I just want to go and be a professional athlete?
1: Yeah, I think that was, that was my mum's influence for sure. She was kind of very much of the, like, do what you love, but it, what happens if you get injured, mm-hmm. what happens? Um, and, and I got, I got good grades. And um, I think it was also the fact, so my brother, he was, he was a smart one in the family. He got really good grades. And when he decided just to do ballet um, and, and, she was a little bit like, yeah, you, you, I think you should have a degree, but still let him choose just to do ballet. Whereas with me, I kind of knew I could juggle the two and actually going to university, you kind of, it helps your track and field. You mm-hmm. have those good coaches. And, um, so I didn't see it as a, a negative thing to my running. Um, and I always wanted to be a doctor like her, but I, I faint at the sight of blood. So. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> so
0: physiotherapy so, was like we could still work on the work human up. body without yeah. having to go inside the human body as much.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. Would you ever go back? Would you ever do you think beyond triathlon? I mean, you're still so young, but would you do that as a
1: career? I think I think it's one of those things that in physiotherapy, uh, I felt like people come to you as as a last resort and and they want they want you to fix them and, and this is very general, but mm-hmm. but but it's more like yeah, rather than when you give exercises and you give it, it's not because they really want to do it. Whereas as a coach, I find people come to you because they really want to do it. Mm. And I've actually enjoyed that so much more of, yeah, people coming to you and wanting training. I think, yeah, I, I see myself more as a triathlon coach than a coach.
0: But having the physio background, Craig Alexander is also a physio. Do you ah, know Craig? Yes. Yeah. We always talk about that. And, um, now I spoke to him the other day and he said, no, I'm quite happy to be a stay-at-home dad and let Neri work. So okay. <laughs> yeah. <play. laughs> yeah. Did you hear that, Jared? Yeah. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> Jared's over here in the corner saying, hang on, what? <laughs> uh, so let's, let's shift gear a little bit um, and let's talk about your training that you're doing now, if, if you can share as much as you can. Um, you said it's reduced a little bit from what you used to, but what sort of hours a week and... Um, you know, swimming, biking, running, how, how much are you weighing all of that up?
1: Yeah. So, uh, um, before I was kind of worried to have even a day out of the pool, I kind of, yeah, I like to swim at least six times a week and yeah, some weeks Tim could give me three or four, um, swims a week. Um, but just really specific. And, and I, I think that's the thing with Tim that I found like before I was very much a routine athlete, like I knew every week what my week could look like with Tim, I he's periodized things. So we'll have like a running focus in one block. We'll have Mm -hmm. a bike focus in one block. Um, and yeah, a real swim focus and how that's kind of changed. Like I couldn't tell you before the week goes up. You don't
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
1: Um, which yeah, it's kept me guessing, but I've actually really enjoyed it. But some things that have really changed, um, I'd say even just the difference between going out for a steady run and doing intervals in that steady run. So he's yeah, yeah. made me run my easy a lot easier. So mm-hmm. going a lot slower, and then an effort within that long run, like faster than I would ever think I would do on a long run. Um, And yeah, a lot of like not being shy of sprints on the bike. Mm-hmm. A lot of power developing that well. power. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: Uh, some of the guests I've had on here, especially Dr. Dan Pluz, and I'm always, i mean reaching out to him even when he's not on the show, you know, how, how do I train now that, I mean, my goals are <laughs> nothing anymore, but, and uh, his whole theory is that really you should be looking at about 80% of your program is somewhat easy. And then at 20%, when you do it, you do it, you do it well. Yeah. He said, look, when it gets to Ironman and up to Ironman, you want to start adjusting that changes a bit because you need to, you live in that middle zone a little bit more, but that was interesting to hear. And it sounds to me that that's a bit more what you're doing, but you swim, have you, Ever had to do two a days, three days? Are you ever, like, how have you improved it? I mean, is it technique? What are you focusing on that's enabled you to drop your swim time? And I know Sam long listens to this show and he's very curious to know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've actually been doing a bit of swimming with Sam. Yeah. Um, But I, I, yeah, so I think uh, a lot of it, so i got to give Jared credit because he'll put on paddles or fat pants or whatever. And often he will, he won't swim in front of me, but he'll swim in the lane either next to, or even better two apart. So that I'm getting no draft, but I can see that pace line mm-hmm. because mm. I think the other thing that helps me to, I, I like that instant feedback. So if I'm seeing, okay, if I put my wrist slightly like this, like, and I pull, am I getting a catch that it feels good, but am I getting further with that catch? And if Jared's holding that steady pace that I'm kind of aiming for there, I can look at him, try and keep in line with him mm-hmm. and experiment with how do I do that as easily as possible? Because mm-hmm. that's been my struggle with the swim because the, sometimes the it's not like running, the harder you sometimes go, then the, the faster you go. In swimming, I'll often fight the water. So I'll be trying to sprint and with no idea of what that immediate kind of pace that I'm doing with no f- instant feedback, I'm often going slower than. It's if just I'm angry
0: relaxing. at the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and to see Jared there and be like, okay, I'm keeping in line with him. And now, especially if it's a long rep, if it's a 400 and he's holding a pace and I'm thinking, okay, it, how can I hold that same pace? but I'm all the time changing things. And then if something's working and feeling good, I'll I'll write it in my phone or my notes and I just keep repeating that. And then, then I'll find something else and then keep repeating that. And I think it's that everyday kind of feedback of, yeah, I have to feel it mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. work it in. And if I'm having a bad day in the pool, to have three or four points to think, rather than swim slow and sloppy, just to have three points focus on. Yeah,
0: no more than three, but yeah, yeah, yeah. otherwise your brain gets overloaded. But it yeah. is, it is. You know what? You know what? You've, you've. I wanted to talk to you about, and um, you mentioned Jared is swimming next to you as a training partner. But what I love, and and I mentioned Holly Lawrence again. She has her husband Sean Jefferson training with her. Uh, Paula Finley has Eric Lagerstrom training with him. Uh, Jeannie Metzler has Justin Metzler often training with him. I feel like this new generation of great women have these men that have been either ex-professional or at that level of professional and go, right, pace off that. I mean, is that a huge, huge advantage? It looks like a huge advantage to me on paper. It's it's ridiculous, right? Yeah,
1: definitely. and And I think it's that yeah it's it's so like such a privilege to have that person that is investing so much in you and and will even put your goals before their own personal needs or their goals like I'm sure Jared's not racing competitively anymore and I'm sure there are times where he doesn't want to get up at half five to pace me in the pool or whatever. <laughs> I'm, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure I don't think you can but, pay me enough right now <laughs> And that's that's how it is such a team effort like the other mm. day uh we punctured and we're at the top of a climb i have no signal we'd gone through we'd had two or three punctures gone through all our spares and he gave me his wheels he sat on the roadside for two hours because i didn't just go down and get the car to pick him up i went and i finished my run finished my session <laughs> oh wow and then then went and picked him up you found
0: a good man my goodness
1: jared it's it's that kind of thing like the behind the scenes stuff that make it such teamwork like it is like if yeah to be on your own as a triathlete is yeah you're never gonna have that advantage of having those yeah super supportive people around i mean
0: and that's the thing when it's when somebody you love it's somebody that you know you you spend your every day in your life with it truly is a a team because it's like you win, we win. You know, it's yeah. that that philosophy. I mean, it's and it's so empowering to have. And to have somebody like that in your corner is just uh well, the scoreboard shows it. I mean, it's yeah. extraordinary, right? And that that's exciting. You guys got married Started this year finally, right? Yes. After the whole COVID yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> After yeah. After
1: a slight delay. Um, but yeah. you're
0: having another wedding? Are we having another wedding and another party? What's going on?
1: Yeah, I think so. So we've done the- a non-COVID <laughs> one? <laughs> yeah. We did the ceremony on Zoom, which, uh, yeah, we, we still, like all my family and, and friends still have their airplane tickets that they'll come over at some point And, yeah, when everything opens up, we'll, we'll have a proper ceremony and party.
0: Jeez. Yeah, I think uh, Vicky Holland was the other- the other one Zoom. that she had, <laughs> she Zoom. had, a, she had a COVID wedding as well. And I think they're looking to do something fun at some point as well. So I do feel for you guys, please. Um, I love weddings. I'm not asking for an invite. Well, I mean, if it Come happens, it happens. <laughs> I'm very good at weddings. I'll be the first guy on the dance floor, um, but please have the ceremony as well. Don't yeah. just have the party.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do it do it. We'll crack out the old uh, wedding dress and suit. <laughs> oh yeah my puppy actually ate one of my wedding shoes so I might not, not be able to bring the shoes back out
0: oh, that's great though I one little bit before we sort of finish up um I want to talk about some of your mental strategies that have got you to where you are are you somebody that is practicing that kind of thing does it come naturally for you to visualize or is it something you work on um and the reason I asked this question um I believe the future of the next level of competition is going to be the person that can affect their hormones through great visualizing and emotions. Um, do you work on that? Is that something or is it come innately to you?
1: Yeah, I think, I think again, that kind of natural push and want to drive and want to hurt. Um, that's the bit that I find a, a bit more natural. I feel like when I'm in a race, like I should be hurting from the gun. And I think that's what, Tim has changed that really it's only that last bit of the race that you want to be like, like, like our strength coach said this morning, if you, if you fight your body, your body fights, if you push against something, it pushes back. Mm -hmm. And if you can get everything relaxed and to flow and to just feel in that good place, um, and keep stress levels low, like your body is, is at that much more of an advantage and you have that much more energy. Um, and I think it is that thing of, of, I just, I practice it, trying to do it in stressful situation. Like if, if I'm at a big race, like just telling myself, like, relax, you, you're going to... Um a saying we used to say when we were running is strong and relaxed. I run to my max and <laughs> our coach would make us just repeat that, repeat that on the track sessions because yeah, he never want to see your shoulders high or anything. And I think that kind of just talking to myself maybe came from, from that time. And um, yeah, just remembering that I love it, that I enjoy it, that I'm like, I'm in the moment. And I'd say that's probably the mental chat that I have with myself in, in a race. But outside of that, I, 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 I do want to look at things. I'm not a great sleeper, so I think I'd like to look at the meditation uh, side of things and and just being able to switch the mind off. Maybe I think I think that would be helpful to to the next kind of step.
0: Yeah, the, the sleeping is is a critical one. I I actually struggled with the sleeping almost post career, and now I just I load up on magnesium glycinate. Yeah, and I'm just. Poof, If I take enough of it, I I get my seven to eight hours and that's plenty. Um, The other thing that I'm kind of curious about, do you play around with heart rate variability um, and how you can affect that? Have you noticed what workouts affect your heart rate variability or any breathing exercises? this is my whole new thing. I'm learning about it as I go too, but I'm curious as to what you have to say.
1: Yeah, so it's another thing that we've we're very new to. We've literally just started tracking. Um, Jared actually asked for his wedding ring to be an aura ring. So mm-hmm. <laughs> very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that suits. Um, but I, I think yeah, we're starting to look and understand that data a, a little bit more. Um, but it's it's one of those things that I think yeah we could still improve on, I wouldn't say it's it's a strength. Yeah. And it's definitely an interesting side that I think even more data just keeps coming out.
0: Exactly. Well, I found with the heart rate variability, I'm wearing this, I don't know if you saw it. It's this this thing called an Apollo neuro. So I had this guy on the show, Dr. Joseph Maroon, fascinating guy, 80 year old neurosurgeon for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he started talking about this heart rate variability and, Oh, Apollo neuro have this touch. It's a vibration thing that it affects you. Um, and I thought, oh, what's this nonsense, you know? And they're not sponsoring the show or anything, anybody. I just um, want to talk about it for a second. Um, and so I, they sent me one to try out. And now it can affect my mood almost immediately with just through vibration. It's insane. And uh, I'm not telling everyone to go buy it, but it's based on heart rate variability, you know? So it can, when your heart rate variability, when your heart rate gets too, variability gets too low, you go into that fight or flight, type situation and you don't want that you know um you want to have that as varied as possible and through touch you know have you heard when you give somebody a hug it can really affect their heart rate heart rate variability it's the same kind of thing so anyway we'll talk about it after the show because i'm probably boring everybody but it is something that it, it fascinates me is this heart rate variability that i'm still learning about as well
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I think um, something on that I have been looking a lot at heart rate recently is with, like you said, about the breathing. So the breathing Mm. exercises with pushing out those lungs and making that gap big there. And even after like 10 or 15, waking up in the morning and you can already feel better.
0: Yeah, just that box breathing, you know, five to seven seconds in, hold it, five to seven seconds out. Yeah, I mean, that the other week, and and again, sidetrack, when our little girl was bitten by a rattlesnake and, uh, and I was out at the airport and Laura, I call her to say, I was picking up the neighbors and I said, oh, I was calling her to say the neighbors were late. Mm. And, uh, Laura's face is right up on the FaceTime screen. Sydney's been bitten by a rattlesnake. Hang up. Right. So that's all I got. Sydney's been bitten by a rattlesnake. Hang up. And my heart rate variability went to basically, new, I was just like, and I was in that real, like, well, what do I, and I started driving the car i didn't even know where i was going right i mean it was just this like go do something else. and then i had to i actually you know two minutes later pull the car over and start my breathing exercise go right this is what's going on you're in a fight or flight because i'd never really had that okay. yeah. but it was amazing that breathing immediately it was calming down i was still worried as a parent don't get me yeah. wrong but it was i was able to think clearly react with precision and be
1: rational yeah yeah and
0: be rational <laughs> um so yeah it was quite quite extraordinary um but anyway, on that sleep and recovery then, what are you doing on, to help with your sleep and, and are you doing anything specifically for recovery?
1: Um yeah, so I use the the Norma Tech boots a lot. I find that- um they're be the best. Yeah. <laughs> and I like things with numbers behind them. Like if someone tells me to do something and I'm going to sit in a pair of boots for an hour every night, like I want to know why, I want to see some science. And um, of all the things like hot and cold, I've seen some really good studies on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, the boots and the, the whole compression idea, um, yeah, that came up with one of the highest numbers. So um, yeah, I've been doing the boots a lot especially in in hard kind of blocks of training mm-hmm. um and and i find yeah i think i recover well from that i'm i'm not the best at power napping jared can sleep at any time of day so <laughs> yeah. <reel him> in. <laughs> you and me
0: both i'm jealous of people that can just yeah. go i would love to i would too
1: I would love to get off smooth. but um and and again like I remember asking someone a few years ago like what is the best thing I can I can do for my recovery, um and they said it, it's something that is like free and it's some and it, they really built it up and there's like this thing and and you don't need any equipment and I was thinking what is this thing and he's like and it's sleep, that, it's, it's that simple. <laughs> what is the this best? magic pill? Yeah, <laughs> the best yeah, thing yeah, for recovery.
0: yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, I agree. Uh, well, uh, Normatec and Hyperice. I, I started using Nor- Normatec boots when it, Gillard first came out with them back, mm. must have been 2010 or something. And and even, I, I didn't even read too much of the science. I just used them as much to, it, I couldn't do anything. It forced me to sit down and yeah. do nothing for a moment. Yeah. And then, then the data comes out that shows how great they are working. And you can feel it. You yeah. can actually feel it. The recovery really works. But yes, they're partners of this show and, Incredible company and just great products, all of them. Um, but yeah, let's um, start looking at wrapping up because we got. Well, I got a lot of fun questions to finish here, but two big questions before we get to the fun stuff. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. She takes a yes. deep breath. <laughs> uh, what is one tip you have for people on how to optimize their life?
1: Um, I would say a big one how to optimize your life is is balance. I think. I think just being happy with what you do, with the decisions that you make and also always having, I think everyone has a bubble of people in their life and being able to not only be being able to reach out to those people whenever you need, but always make checking in with those people. Mm. I think just like the smallest of touches can, can mean the biggest thing. And at the end of the day, like we're all living on this planet, having like the biggest thing that we have as human beings is the interaction with each other. And if you can help someone's life with the littlest of moments with the littlest of thoughts, then yeah, I think it comes back tenfold. I think the whole, yeah, it's, (laughs) I love that. I love that. And I think, um, this
0: last 18 months has only reinforced some of that, right? You yeah. know, we all miss our families. You know, I was going to ask you, how long has it seen since you've seen your mum and dad and your yeah. siblings?
1: So, a uh, the Christmas before last. So, uh, my mum's actually coming out to the Collins Cup. So, brilliant. Yeah. The first time that I've seen her in so long. Um, But yeah, thank goodness for Zoom and FaceTime. Mm, and <laughs> and I know. Else. Well,
0: uh, it's like you just want to give them a hug and, um, but I love what you just said there. I think I actually think it's been proven that it affects your metabolic health, being able to surround and we are social, social creatures, right? We talk about sleep and nutrition and physical workout and everything else, but it's been proven that socialization, being with loved ones, being with friends is uh, critical to our health. Um, yeah. so it's yeah. a great, it's a great yeah. one that you've you brought up. I, I think it's a great answer. And I,
1: and I think like, it's so great to be driven and to target things and to, yeah, really focus on something and and make people proud around you, but you still need to keep them in your life. And because if you cross that line, the finish line, it doesn't matter how many goals you've achieved. Like it's no fun celebrating on your own. It's for the people that have been there with you.
0: hundred percent. Great answer. All right, here we go. Next question. If you could sit and have a coffee with any living person, who would it be and why? And actually I'm going to change that. It doesn't have to be a living person if there's somebody that you're like, oh God, that would have been, that person in history would have been awesome too.
1: Okay, I'm going to go for <laughs> someone that uh, that isn't alive. Um, have you heard of a Steve Prefontaine? Of
0: course. I just had Frank Shorter on my show and we talked about Steve Prefontaine nonstop. Yeah. So
1: I think one of, yeah, the, the best films that I've ever watched um, as a young runner and it just really hit me. I just felt like, I think I connected with this guy. I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I remember watching Without Limits. And, and if you haven't seen it and you're into running or you're into...
0: Oh, no, it's a must-see movie for anybody listening to this show should be watching that movie,
1: 100%. And, yeah, I would just, I'd love to have a coffee with him and and just talk, just talk mm. about his life, just talk about the feeling of when he was running. Just, yeah, I've, I would have so many questions. And, and I think he's such an interesting guy and someone that on, yeah, watching a movie as a young kid, like, I don't know, it hit me like nothing nothing before and to so it became a bit of a, a hero. So yeah, to be able to sit down for a coffee with him would be awesome.
0: You yeah, give me goosebumps on that one. I've got them on my, because I, I would put him right up there. You know, I'd never heard of him until I was living in Canada in 2000 and with Simon Whitfield and Simon was getting ready for the Olympics and uh, we'd been training together really well. And he said, Greg, you remind me of this guy. Steve Prefontaine, watch this movie. I all right, watch this movie. Watch the whole movie. I had no idea, right? I had no idea who Steve Prefontaine was or anything. Watch this whole movie. And, spoiler alert, um, you know, he suddenly dies in a car crash right at the end. And I, I was tearing up. I mean, I was in a... Not only am I watching this great character, this great person, Simon said, you know, that I am like this... And it really hit me and I was like, oh, that was unbelievable um incredible movie and when i had frank shorter on this show probably two or three months ago he's a neighbor of ours down here and known as the godfather for running in the u.s and they were very close steve and him were very very close and and frank's in that movie throughout the movie um, as his training buddy and and i said you know does the movie depict steve really was spot on he was that charismatic guy that the that the spotlight followed yeah. No matter what he did, the spotlight followed him and uh, he drew crowds wherever he went. Um, so, yeah, I love that choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's finish up with 15 rapid-fire questions. Okay. Now, you can say pass if you don't want to answer them, but not, <laughs> you won't. Okay, what is your favourite family vacation?
1: Oh, south of France.
0: Lovely. Uh, who would you dream of having a head-to-head duel with to the finishing line at the 70.3 World Championships?
1: I think anyone would be Daniela. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, first car you owned?
1: Uh, a Sitchin Saxo. Oh, yeah.
0: How old were you when you got that?
1: 80. Uh, oh, very nice. Yeah.
0: Classy car for an 18. <laughs> <laughs> what would you change about yourself if you could? Um,
1: I think...
0: Be more patient Really? i would have thought you were reasonably patient all right um two most used apps on your phone
1: uh instagram and, and whatsapp um out of 10 how cool are you Oh, like a five.
0: <laughs> oh, come I'm on. Cool. Here you're cool. sitting in here. You, you got a singlet top, a tank top on, and you got a tattoo on your arm from the race.
1: Yeah, dirty. <laughs> yeah,
0: and a super sapiens button on your arm. I don't know. I would have gone at least an eight.
1: Oh, too kind. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Um, outside of triathlon, if you could choose to do anything for one day, what would it be? Wimbledon. Wimbledon?
1: Yeah. I'd want to be in a Wimbledon final. I see myself as a bit of a tennis player. Do you Do you play tennis? Uh, Yeah. Oh,
0: both. you just see yourself
1: as one. <laughs> Both.
0: <laughs> I know, Laura and I started that uh, while we were down in Florida the last couple of years. What a great game. Love it. And it's the one thing we can do together. Yeah. You know, and we play. I mean, Laura's in fairness probably better than me. I, won't, I can't believe I'm saying it on air, but... <laughs> Recorded. Well, she actually looks good. You know, she's got the yeah. full, she played it when she was a kid and has the, whereas I'm just athletic and yeah. just go for everything.
1: It's <laughs> brunt. Yeah, I'm just
0: brunt. Um, okay, which would you rather do? Wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, or vacuum the house?
1: Oh, vacuum the house. Really? Uh, with a bit of music. Oh, that's dance true. Around.
0: See, I'd do that with the lawn. But anyway, first job you had?
1: Uh, lifeguard. Oh, was it? Yeah, ironically. At a
0: pool or a beach? Yeah. Ironically.
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, oh, there's no beaches in England. No, <laughs> oh,
0: well, I thought, isn't there some down the warm bottom enough? there? Yeah, yeah, there are. It's not warm. No, okay. Um, who would you want to play you in a movie of your life?
1: Wow, uh, good question. I would say uh, totally nothing like me, but I love her, Sandra Bullock. Oh yeah, she's just too funny.
0: Yeah, she's awesome. Good one. Okay, what dinner could you prepare? That's really outstanding.
1: Oh, the, the only thing I cook is shepherd's pie.
0: Well, that sounds pretty good. All right. Three guests that would come to that dinner of shepherd's pie outside of family that you would love to invite. Three guests.
1: Four. Um I would have to say, what, oh, not family? Oh, I'm going to offend so many people here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, because I haven't seen them for a while. My old housemate, um, uh, Jamie, Jamie Gilbert. Um I would say, who else haven't I seen for a while? Oh, one of my uni friends. Um, yeah, she's got kids now. And uh, Steph, I'd have to invite Steph.
0: That's awesome. I love that you basically <laughs> chose your, your closest friends. Everybody else I've had on have said, oh, yeah, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, not at all. I think that's great. Okay, which decade, most important question probably, if which decade of music is the best?
1: uh i'd i'd say the here and now anything remixed because then you can dive back to all the the oldies and just vamp them up so say yeah gee that's In a good day.
0: answer actually yeah because they're often remixed from the 70s and 80s <laughs> all right i'll let you get away with that one
1: all right what do you do on a day off um walk the dog have coffee a bit of yoga um yeah, and all the jobs that we otherwise haven't done. House chores. <laughs> yeah, the boring <laughs> stuff. <laughs>
0: okay. In, where is somewhere that you haven't been that you'd like to go?
1: Um, wow. I, I was looking forward to going to New Zealand. Mm. Yeah, but I haven't been. I, I loved Australia, so I think I'd like
0: oh, to. Oh, New Zealand's fantastic. And I'm an Australian saying that, so well. it must be, <laughs> must be really special. Okay, and um, final question. Greatest movie of all time?
1: Yeah, it would it would have to be without limits. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Prefontaine, we already yeah, answered sorry. it in the show, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a great answer. Okay, so what's next? We have Collins Cup coming up, um, yeah. which is yesterday or two days ago when this show comes out. But
1: for yeah. you right now, it's coming
0: up. <laughs> and then what else? And
1: then St George. Yeah. Yeah, and that's Big a one. that's a um, year or. Then yeah, I think so. We go back to South Africa. I will do some bike races and stuff, and and just wait for some other. I, I still want to race like end mm-hmm. of the year, but um, yeah, we haven't finalized those plans yet. Uh,
0: of course you do.
1: You're a <laughs> oh, you're a
0: racer. Yeah. You're, unless we're fitting in fifteen races in a year, we really haven't raced, it's have we? <laughs> yeah. it's not a year. <laughs> well, Emma, this has been just absolutely fantastic i've really enjoyed this so thank you for coming and i know you've got to pack and get going and all sorts of things so coming over and just sitting with me has been really special
1: it's been good fun thank you so much
0: thank you for having me and everybody um thank you for listening i really appreciate it and thank you for just sharing the show that's really fantastic you can find all the show notes timestamps coupon codes and links at bennettendurance.com forward slash media all right thanks emma that's a wrap (laughs)
1: thank you